Welcome to the Nasred Podcast, or Nasred Talks About Movies, a place where movies are discussed. Friends, I, I, I admit it, man. I'm in love. I'm in love, and I want to talk about it. Welcome, friends. Welcome to my world. Uh, hopefully, uh, you are returning or... Maybe you're new to the world of Nas Red, and I welcome you with open arms. And you actually, you, you have me in a really good mood right now, because I am completely in love. And when people are in love, they're more pleasant. When people are in love, every love song speaks to them. When people are in love, you know, love is, is the most important thing in, in life, in the world. And I am feeling in love right now, but before I talk about what I am in love with, I would like to make a few recommendations. Over Thanksgiving break, I uh, had some time to uh, watch a few things, and I watched a couple of interesting things that I want to talk about, but uh, I also read a book that I'd like to recommend. So starting with the book, you know, this is a movie podcast, but I'll I'll just say it. Uh, I read this book called Shock Value, which is really, really good, particularly for anybody that's interested in um a horror of the 70s and i'm i'm talking like from like uh it, well it sort of starts at psycho and it sort of goes into like the fundamentals of the horror genre and stuff but it really starts with like wes craven and john carpenter and toby hooper and those guys in the 70s and it sort of chronicles how they made their stuff and how they made their films and this and that it's really really interesting it's a great book i loved it it was just one of those books that you just want to eat because it's so uh full of knowledge and full of great stuff and if you're interested in you know the texas chainsaw massacre the hills have eyes you know the good horror from the 70s it's a real it is kind of indispensable it's a really really good Good book i highly recommend it also over the break i saw a film that i had been meaning to see for quite some time and uh i saw it and it really did i loved it I, it was it was a really great film and it was just one of those films that you could either really easily describe it or you it's it's you, you would just try to find the right words to describe it the film is called r100 let me grab the cover so i know who directed it because you know if anybody that's familiar with japanese films might know a few of the players in this but r100 was directed by hitoshi matsumoto and the one movie that this guy did that i have seen actually uh, i'm sure he's made more movies i haven't really i don't really you know research that much but he did this movie called big man japan which was kind of like a comedic play on uh kaiju movies but it wasn't totally um like jokey it had this very i i like the guy's style he i i i prefer a uh you know like a classical style of like you know static shots and long shots and stuff like that i like that because when things are crazy in a movie i like to just observe it and big man japan is one of those movies where i mean it's 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 very uh, a very observant distinctly japanese film and i think enjoying that movie depends entirely upon your uh you know, if you're into those kind of movies, if you're into kaiju movies, you might dig it. If you're into, like, deadpan humor, you might dig it. But bringing me to R100, R100 is a film that stars the dude that plays the title character um, in Ichi the Killer. He plays Ichi the Killer. He's the guy that's always crying and killing people and this and that. 
And he plays this guy whose wife is in a coma and he has a son and he lives with, I think, his father-in-law or his father or something. And he's like this button-up salary man. And he finds this company, I guess, that you sign up and... Uh, basically uh, what the company does is when you sign up you sign up for like a year contract and then randomly chicks like dominatrix chicks will come and like beat you up and humiliate you and so <laughs> this guy like he signs up for this so then randomly like these dominatrix chicks just go and start beating him up and like there's this one part where he's like eating sushi at this restaurant and then every time he, the 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 sushi chef like puts food on his table this dominatrix chick like smashes it it was a really funny movie and the thing that i think is really interesting is i read this on an av club review but like I heard, you know, in the AV Club review that I guess the director wanted to make something that defied genre. Like it was something that you could not put it into any identifiable genre. Now, the thing is, I don't know if he's entirely successful on that because, you know, I mean, it's a effing weird movie. It's really weird. But, you know, it, it, it doesn't. You know, every time I hear about a weird movie, I'm always kind of disappointed because they they never transcend cinema and just, you know, become like another experience. There are, there are always movies. It's a movie. It's not so out there. But I mean, honestly, if you're looking for something that's very just not the norm, R100 is the is is where to go. And the name is actually a reference to the Japanese rating system. One of the things that I just, for some reason, I think this is one of the most hilarious things in the world. The Japanese rating system, I guess it, 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 one of the ratings is R15, meaning if you're under 15 years old, you cannot see the film or you can't see it without a guardian. I don't know how it works there. R100 is basically the title is like the, the one of the concepts in the film is that this is a film that is unsuitable for anyone under the age of 100. In fact, I think on the yeah, on the cover it even says not suitable for anyone under the age of 100. I got really lucky getting this DVD one of the one night I think it was a uh, you know, like the Black Friday of uh, after Thanksgiving. I went to this really, really great place called Record Surplus on Santa Monica Boulevard. And they're really great because, A, you know, they have a ton of records and stuff. But I usually just go just for the DVD. I mean, I do just go for the DVDs and stuff. And they're cool because, like, they sort of round your 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 price down to, like, the lowest common denominator. Like, you could buy, like, get, like... I love DVD places like that and Amoeba and there's a place in San Francisco called Rasputin and stuff where you could go in with like 50 bucks and come out with a bunch of cool used DVDs and I was so so lucky and blessed and happy that they had R100 and I think I got a couple of other no actually I think I just got R100 and a couple of Gamera DVDs but it was a really good movie R100 so those are my two recommendations shock value and R100 now I'm in love man and I want to talk about it. I I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be uh, like, you know, you you thinking I'm weird because I I tend to think people in love are strange and, and and odd. But I'm in love, man. What am I in love with? Well, let me describe to you what I'm in love with. Every time I touch her, 
Well, that, no, that sounds gross. But like, no, I'm I'm not in love with any human. Uh, I could be, you know. But um, I'm in love with this new streaming service from Criterion. One of the, the Criterion is the greatest DVD Blu-ray label ever. If you don't know what Criterion is, I feel bad for you, and I'm going to explain it to you. And I I'm I kind of envy you because you could crack into the great library of Criterion films. But Criterion is basically this company. I believe they started when Laserdisc was a thing. And my uh, what I know of this is, I, I wish I researched it, but there's also this uh, company that used to distribute a lot of like art house films, like Ingmar Bergman's films and Akira Kurosawa and Fellini and stuff, called Janus or Yanis or something. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's J A N U S, J A N S, basically. And uh, uh, they have something to do with Criterion because I always see their logo, uh, you know, before the movies that they play and you know they license and stuff but basically criterion is this company that uh ever since laserdisc i guess and you know going back you know way back to when it was janice or i don't even know if they're linked i have really have no idea i just it's just something that i love and when i love something i want to know about it but i don't want to know too much to kill the, the the magic but basically criterion is this dvd label the first criterion dvd that i bought was the it was their edition for Chasing Amy. And before that, I had no idea what Criterion was. I was in high school, like early high school, like freshman year, high school, sophomore, you know, summer of freshman year. And uh, Chasing Amy had just come out. And, you know, being a kid that was interested in film and stuff like that, like Kevin Smith was a big guy in the 90s. I mean, I, I think he's still a big guy. I like that guy. But uh, Chasing Amy came out. And so I just bought it because I just wanted the DVD. And I had just gotten, you know, I just worked to buy a DVD player. And so I was buying all these DVDs. And I remember, like, in the DVD menu, like, Kevin Smith kind of saying, oh, this is the first time we've done, like, a Criterion. And I thought, what, what is this Criterion? And then, so then I started to notice Criterion DVDs. Like, there was, a, you know, of The Killer, which is now worth a lot, the, the DVD of The Killer. And, uh, you know, just a ton, like, just uh, off the top of my head, I can't, like, I've seen so many Criterion movies. But, like, okay, for instance... What's it? What's a? What's like a very Criterion-y movie that I can say? See, I'm like drawing a blank just because they have such an immense library. Okay, like let me just look at my because my Criterion section is its own section because it's a collection, so they go with one thing. Let me let me look at a couple of random DVDs and I'll tell you what kind of things they have. Okay, The Red Shoes, Jubilee. Uh, the Apu trilogy, the Francois Truffaut films, the Antoine Dunel uh, uh, movies and stuff. These are the kind of things that they do. And, you know, I, they, they're not, it's not, I mean, it can appear that way from the covers and from the selections that they make that it's, it's maybe a, a, a stuffy company. It's so not like they do release like a, a, a smorgasbord of, of cool things. Like I have their Zatoichi, like the complete set of Zatoichi films, which is insane. Um, let me see what else I have. I always draw blanks when I'm thinking of movies, but let me, well, I have a lot, but basically let's, let's, let's get to the point here. I'm in love, but it's not with the Criterion D label. I've always been in love with the Criterion label. I think Criterion is the greatest company ever. But what I am in love with is Criterion, they're obviously run by a bunch of really smart guys. You know why? 
because they kind of see that the future is in streaming. Now, as someone who loves physical media, like I'm surrounded by DVDs, my room is just DVDs. Uh, I even have like a 16 millimeter print of, of a Tom and Jerry cartoon. I love physical media. I love holding DVDs and Blu-rays. I love going out and shop for it, shopping for them and stuff. But the fact of the matter is, the bottom did fall out of the uh, DVD market or whatever, whatever that means. I'm not, you know, who cares? I don't know. Uh, that's not my thing. I make movies and you know, short films and stuff. I don't, I'm not a DVD burner or whatever. But the bottom did fall out of the DVD market. And I don't know if that totally affected Criterion because I seriously think they're doing pretty good. But, you know, like Criterion, like one of their Blu-rays, on, on an, when they're not doing the 50% off sale on at Barnes and Nobles is like $39.99. But here's the thing, that may seem like very pricey for a Blu-ray, but what you're getting is you're, apart from getting a, a, a sterling spotless transfer, their transfers are insane, you know, apart from that, uh, you're getting uh, supplements, you're getting like, I don't know, like when I first started studying cinema, like formerly when I was an adult, like these Criterion Blu-rays and DVDs were indispensable to me. Like a lot of them, they had a lot of good info on them. And so Criterion sort of sort of seeing what Netflix is doing. I'm just guessing. I'm This is all conjecture. But I guess seeing what Netflix is doing and seeing what Amazon is doing, I guess, ah, the fucking phone is ringing. Oh, sorry. But okay, I guess they sort of thought, you know what? We're, we're going to start streaming our whole library. I think, I'm pretty sure they used to have a license thing with Hulu. And, uh, you know, now all of their things are on this streaming service called Filmstruck. And I am in love with Filmstruck. Filmstruck is a beautiful woman with pendulous breasts. It's, it, it's a beautiful thing. I, the first film that I saw on Filmstruck uh, was Stagecoach, uh, directed by John Ford with John Wayne and stuff. Um, I could just go through the movies that I've seen. In fact, that's what I'm going to do. The first movie I saw was Stagecoach, which was directed by John Ford. Then Sisters, directed by Brian De Palma. Then Hacksaw, directed by Benjamin Christensen, which was like this documentary about Satanism, but it was like a phony documentary from like the third, it was like a silent film, it was really good. And then let's see, The Rules of the Game I saw, directed by Jean Renoir, which is a film that you hear a lot about, uh, which, you know, and then the other thing is, like, you, you, you look at these old films, I mean, you know, and Criterion does do... Um, newer films like it's not like they're just you know art house films and silent films and stuff they do everything in fact one of the things that i'm looking forward to i've never seen the show girls but i know of that lena dunham woman and i know like criterion distributed her first film tiny furniture uh, which I'm looking forward to seeing because I, I want to know what that what that chick is all about. You know, I hear a lot about her. She seems interesting. But anyway, and let's see what else. Jiro uh, um, Dreams of Sushi. That wasn't on the, that was on Netflix. Let's see. I'm going through my, uh, my, uh, the X from Outer Space, which was like this Japanese kaiju movie. See, it's like they do a lot of different things. It's not just one thing. And that's why I love, I've always loved Criterion. They've always been something that like gave me a lot of comfort as someone that just likes to put things about movies in his head. You know, like every year 
twice a year they do they have this thing with Barnes and Nobles they do it once in November and then once in like late spring early summer where they do a 50% off sale uh, of their blu-rays and DVDs and stuff and I whenever that happens I go nuts like I spend at least 200 300 dollars on blu-rays and DVDs just because it, it, I, I love them it's just something that I like and now with their streaming service you know, I can pay a hundred bucks a year and every film that they have the license to, I have access to. And that's a great, wonderful thing. That's that's one of the greatest things ever. It makes me so happy. And I'm just happy that, that Criterion is not going to get stuck in the mud and stuck in the tar when it comes to, you know, evolving in the business. I, you know, like, and hey, what, what the fuck do I know about, you know, anything? But like, I don't know. I think it's very smart of them and, uh, you know, to, to step it up and offer a streaming service. One of the other things that's really cool about Filmstruck is it's in conjunction with, Turner classic movies so you have all of these film struck films and then you have all of these like Turner classic movies and stuff like that and just you know it, it's interesting because I don't know I mean if you're listening to this obviously you like cinema or something or I don't know why the f anybody would listen to this if they didn't like movies but um you know it's it's just one of those things like if you're a young person and you're really really serious about your love for cinema I do think film struck is a, a a very very good tool for you to to really dive into the ocean of cinema they curate these dvds and they they put these supplements and it's and it's not like these are like film schools in a box but you could look at them like that you, they're amazing they're nothing gives me more joy and then here's the thing like i still plan on buying criterion dvds and blu-rays they said in their press release for filmstruck that uh that Blu-rays are still going to be their flagship thing. In fact, right when Filmstruck hit, I actually bought the uh, Blu-ray that they just put out of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls because I've been looking forward to that for since forever. Oh, hold on. My fucking dog is wants to come in and she's ruining the podcast as she always does. Her name is Sasha. Say hello. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm coming back to the microphone. Hold on. Hold on. Let me put my headphones on. Yada, yada, yada. But my dog just made me lose my train of shot, of, 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 of thought. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. No. So I bought the, the, the Blu-ray of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls because, you know, I've been wanting that since I found out they were going to do a Blu-ray of the Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. And this may sound odd because I am paying, you know, 100 bucks a, a year to, to have this service. But I do kind of like that not all of their things that they've put out are on, are on Filmstruck. I like that... You know, you can still buy some DVDs. Like, I, you know, buying the Blu-ray of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, I was kind of happy that Beyond the Valley of the Dolls wasn't on Filmstruck yet. You know what I mean? And that may sound screwy to you, but it's true. Like, I, 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 I would like, you know, physical media to always be around. Physical media is something that always gives me comfort. I love diving into, like, a pile of Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff. But that's my love of Filmstruck. If Filmstruck was a woman, I would take her out on a date. I would take her to the 99 cent store to buy items i would limit it at five items because i'm not a rich man and uh, i would take it to the well 
I would watch movies with Filmstruck. But anyway, um, also, you know, there was another movie that I saw um, that used to be on the... I, Criterion used to have the uh, license for it. And I don't know why it wasn't on Filmstruck, but watching Stagecoach sent me on this major Western kick where I, you know, because I, my knowledge of Westerns is pretty good. Like, I think I've seen, like, if you looked up the list of like the top Westerns, I think I've seen most of them. But then I noticed that when I was younger, I would usually watch the spaghetti Westerns because they were so filthy and dirty compared to like what my image of the John Ford Westerns were. Like the spaghetti Westerns, like if you really take them as what they are, they're pretty you know, down and dirty and, and you know, the, the heroes are anti-heroes and stuff. And then when I would think of, like, the John Ford Westerns, I would think of, uh, you know, this kind of jingoistic America, you know, kind of thing. And after watching Stagecoach, it sort of, it made me sort of, I wanted to look at other Westerns that were not spaghetti Westerns, but were from that golden age of Hollywood or blah, 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 or whatever you want to call it. And one of the films that I saw was... Um, and again, uh, Criterion used to have the uh, license for this film, but I guess they, it wasn't on Filmstruck. I actually watched it on Amazon, like I rented it or something. But Red River, directed by Howard Hawks, and it has uh, John Wayne in it, and he's basically this dude. And here's the, the interesting thing. You hear about people like John Wayne. Or if you're way young, Clint Eastwood or something, or any, any big star. And you hear about them and you you even before you've even seen their films, you've seen a bunch of renditions of that person, you know. And I have seen The Searchers way back in the day, like I, more than 10 years ago. And that, that was my one John Wayne thing. And I'm trying to think maybe that was it. But like, so you watch something like Red River or you watch any of his early stuff, you know, you like Stagecoach, you can kind of, you, you see it. Like you see, oh, I get why this guy was such a big star. He has something. In Japanese, a friend of mine, she says that in Japanese, they have this uh, uh, term called a flower, which means like kind of like an inner charisma. And uh, John Wayne definitely has it and you see it. Now, here's my one beef with this movie, Red River. Okay, it's a great movie. It's really good. Howard Hawks is great. He's amazing okay yeah he's awesome right the whole movie and spoilers skip ahead if you don't want to hear this okay the whole movie is okay john wayne he's this dude i guess they call him a cow puncher which is an old uh, cowboy term or whatever he's a dude that wants to like uh you know have a bunch of cattle so then he he gets this land this mexican guy comes up to him and says hey this is the land of so-and-so pablo or whatever and then John Wayne kills him or whatever, you know, because it's America, whatever. He kills him, he buries him. And then the next thing you know, years later, he has all this cattle. And he wants to take this cattle from one place to another place. And he's friends with this young kid. And so they all sort of him and a bunch of other cow punchers, they gather all their cattle to move it along the Red River or some shit. I don't know. And so they're moving. And then the whole time, it's kind of like Treasure of Sierra Madre. Like John Wayne kind of gets a little nutty because he's so driven to take this cattle from point A to point B. It's like a long, treacherous journey. 
Now, here's the thing that angered, not angered, it's a good movie, it is a good movie, but if you even read the Roger Ebert review of this film, he even brings this up, and I'm going to bring it up, and don't think I'm a jerko, jerko uh, for bringing it up, but it's true, it kind of irritated me, okay? The whole movie, John Wayne is kind of kind of losing his marbles, like he's so uh, determined to, to, to take this cattle from point A to point B, that he's not, there's kind of a mutiny forming amongst the other cow punchers and amongst that kid, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think we should follow this guy, he's kind of nuts. So, uh, eventually they ditch John Wayne, they basically leave him for dead, okay? They leave him for dead, and then they go, they finally, like, the whole movie is, like, outdoors, so then there's this one part where the kid finally makes it to, to wherever the F they were going, and he's gonna sell all the cattle to, to, the, to this dude, and then, so then he, he's like, oh, this is the first time I've been indoors for a long time, and it's true, like, the whole movie, it feels like the whole movie is, like, outdoors and stuff, so then eventually, John Wayne, he survives, he comes, and then you think, oh, fuck. John Wayne and this kid, John Wayne is going to shoot this kid and it's it's going to be a showdown, man. It's going to be crazy, right? Wrong. John Wayne shows up and then they're about to like really box or whatever. They're going to fuck, he's going to fucking kill this kid. And then this lady comes out of nowhere or something. I forgot who she was, but she comes and she's like, what are you guys doing? Stop fighting. How could you fight like this? Blah, 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 blah. And then, and then they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Why are we fighting? That's, that's such bullshit. Like, you know, like, I, I, I went on this journey with John Wayne. This fucking kid left John Wayne for dead. And, and, and John Wayne is pissed. He sees Red. He wants to kill this kid. He wants to fucking murder him. And they're going to have an awesome showdown. And it's going to be great. And then they listen to this chick about you shouldn't fight you guys are like family what the fuck what kind of thing is that if i were a studio head okay back in the day i would say to howard hawks hey howard with my cigar hey howard baby you gotta have john wayne kill this kid or the kid kill john wayne one or the other i am not going to tolerate some fucking woman no offense to women but some woman coming in between these two men who want to kill each other and talking them down I, I i spent this whole journey with john wayne and when he got abandoned by that fucking kid i was mad and and i i wanted to see some action but you know what i don't know i mean you know it, it was a good film it didn't ruin the film it in fact it gives you kind of something to think about that like but i don't know man it, it, if it ended with a with a showdown between john wayne and uh, the kid oh man it would have been nuts so what happened okay so so that's Filmstruck. I love Filmstruck. it's great but let me go back watching red river sort of kicked me off on i got so irritated i dude don't get me wrong i like the movie red river is a very good film but the ending irritated me so much 
that I just binged on spaghetti westerns. And there's this really good website called the spaghetti western database.net, I believe it's called. And I just went through there and just found random spaghetti westerns. And, you know, like, and I just watched a bunch. I watched this one called The Dirty Outlaws, which was cool. And I watched this movie, A Pistol for Ringo. I watched A Day of Anger, uh, which is, uh, I, I think QT used it. I know QT used the song uh, for, from, for Django from uh, Day of Anger. And then I watched this film that it wasn't on uh, any list on the Spaghetti Western database. And this was all during Thanksgiving. And during Thanksgiving, a bunch of people come to my family's house and I just stay in my room and smoke weed and watch movies and try to, you know, I come down every once in a while just to say hi. And then I go back upstairs and smoke my weed and watch my movies and enjoy my time. Uh, but I, uh, so all of Thanksgiving, I was watching Spaghetti Westerns and I have this uh, DVD set uh, called, um, it's, I think it's just called Spaghetti Westerns, but it has like 50 films on it. And I don't even know if all of these films are technically Spaghetti Westerns, because as you know, Spaghetti Westerns are Westerns that are produced in Spain and Italy. Uh, and also, I learned this term, and I learned this at the Beverly years ago, a couple years ago, Paella Western, which is a, a, a basically a Spaghetti Western that's made in Spain, thus Paella. But I saw this film that was on this Spaghetti Western set called White Comanche. And this... I looked it up. It's a paella western. But this film stars uh, William Shatner, okay? And he plays... It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. He plays two roles, okay? He plays twin brothers. One is a noble cowboy, okay? The other one is a savage Comanche Indian, and they both look identical. In fact, you never see them in the same shot because of obvious reasons, because of the, you know, production limitations and stuff. In fact, there's this one part at the beginning, and then so then there's this one part at the beginning where William Shatner, the cowboy, goes up to his brother, the, the violent Comanche, and he's upset at his brother because every time his brother goes and, you know, uh, wilds out on people and like with his gang and you know does his uh, uh, Native American thing that they used to show Native Americans doing before we were PC in movies about Native Americans uh, every time he goes and causes problems everybody thinks the noble cowboy brother did it so then he goes up to his brother and he's like dude I, I'm we're, we're gonna show down you got three days and I got I got to put a bullet in you because everybody thinks I'm you basically, and then so then they they like have words. I don't know how exactly one turned out to be a, a noble cowboy and the other one a Comanche Indian chief, but William Shatner says one of the greatest lines of dialogue I have ever heard William Shatner ever say, where he says to his brother because his brother smokes a lot of peyote, he goes like this. You smoke your peyote and dream your dreams of hate. Ooh, brilliant, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was brilliant. But anyway, so I saw White Comanche, which was cool. And then I saw The Return of Ringo, which was cool. And uh, and that was all I saw. So that's Filmstruck. Those are the spaghetti western films that I saw. And one last thing that I want to say on Black Friday... I, you know, before I went to Record Surplus, I decided to go to Best Buy to buy some Hollywood Blu-rays. You know, like I wanted to take advantage of like a good Blu-ray deal and stuff. And so I bought two films. Both were okay. One was called Bone Tomahawk. 
I'm looking at the Blu-ray. It was directed by Craig Zoller. It was very good. And it, it was good because after watching a bunch of Westerns and stuff, it was good to see what I like to call a millennial Western, like these new Westerns. And, you know, Bone Tomahawk is certainly that. It was a very long movie, but it was very good. I liked it very much. And then I bought it for $9.99 from Best Buy. And I also bought The Legend of Tarzan. You know Tarzan. But that was... It could have been better, but whatever. I saw it on Blu-ray at home on a Saturday, and it, 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 it hit the right spots. But you know what? That's, that's pretty much all I have to say. Filmstruck is one of the greatest things ever. A few gripes, just two, only two of this entire film streaming service, okay? One, the iPad app. Because it's like a service, there's an app, of course. The iPad app always crashes. But again, I, I feel like this is something that they can fix with updates and stuff. That's a non-issue. And then uh, I think that's my only complaint about Filmstruck. You know what's funny? Like I was, I was sewing for my dad. And I was listening to John Ford, like an interview with John Ford. And it's so funny because I really think like cranky old men are funny. Even if they like insult me, I think it's funny, you know. Like one old man once said to me, why don't you get a real job? And I thought it was funny. But John Ford, I think he's deaf or something. Or he was, he's dead now, obviously. But like he's getting interviewed by this British guy. It was on the supplements of, of Stagecoach, and I was listening to it today. He's being interviewed by this British guy, and this poor British guy, you feel so bad for him because you, John Ford kind of seems like a cranky old man. And then he's like, uh, Mr. Ford, uh, my uh, a friend of mine once described uh, Los Angeles as a neon wasteland. And then John Ford, every question the poor guy asks, John Ford answers with, what? what? And then he, he, he sort of like... He's so grumpy. And what's funny about him is it reminds me of... Do you remember in From Dusk Till Dawn? There was that part where George Clooney and QT, they go to the motel. And then George Clooney goes to the front desk of the hotel. And he starts ringing on the door. And then this old man comes out. And he's like, what the hell you want? And then George Clooney is like, what the hell do you think I want, you mean old bastard? I want a fucking room. And then the guy's like, oh, okay. That's how John Ford is. He's an old, cranky man. And what's funny is like one part, the, the British guy is like, how do you feel about, uh, uh, you know, America's, uh, you know, systematic uh, genocide, basically, of the Native Americans? And then he just could not answer it. Because, I mean, dude, you watch some of these old cowboys, not some, all of them, most of them. The, the Native Americans are, and I've heard QT describe this, like, they are treated like zombies. Like, they, they're not human, barely. And they're sort of, you know, just there to be, like, the, the problem for the noble white guys. And, you know, but, I mean, that's just a product of his time, of its time. But, I mean, it is interesting hearing John Ford, who is a cranky, cranky old man. But it is interesting. And the films of John Ford are something that I look forward to uh, diving even deeper in, even though they do not do not have the most evolved, uh, you know, uh, image of, of, of the brave Native American people. Um, but that's it. That really is it. That's all I have to say. I'm in love with Filmstruck. I love it. I want to hug it and kiss it every day. Um, one thing that Filmstruck did, and I, I kind of get it. It's like, okay, I get what you're doing, but you're better than that. Was they? I saw in one of their advertisements, they were like, Filmstruck and Chill, which is a play on Netflix and Chill. And I wanted to say, you know, Filmstruck, I get it. You know, you're trying to, you know, 
You're, you're, you're better than that. You're a noble company. You're a beautiful company. You are a beautiful woman. And I love you so much, Filmstruck. And I thank you so much for entering my life because I needed a new way to ingest the beautiful, wonderful, supreme art of cinema. And that's all I have to say about that. I, I, I again, hold on. Oh, I dropped my paper. Um, so if you are like me, a movie junkie, and you want something new, you want something that's not exactly Amazon Prime, that's not exactly Netflix. You want something cool. You want something that gives you good art, that gives you a good sense of the history of this beautiful, noble art form. I highly recommend. Filmstruck. If you don't want to pay the 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 $100 a year, you could pay 10 bucks a month. It's nothing. And you get amazing things out of it. When you watch a movie or you hear a story or you read a good book, I really feel like it's feeding your soul. And you know, Netflix can feed your soul. Like Netflix feeds my soul every day when I go to sleep to Star Trek and I watch things of it. Amazon can feed your soul, but Filmstruck really really feeds that soul a nice four course meal and like those fancy meals with with just like a, you know it could be anything really because they have a ton of stuff i'm looking forward to seeing a bunch of stuff and uh yeah that's how i feel about filmstruck i love it if it was a woman i'd take it out on a date i'd be very respectful i would pay I, I i said earlier i would take it to 99 cents so i wouldn't take it to 99 cents or i would take it to spago or something but anywho, that's how I feel about Filmstruck. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nasred. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Nasred. Email me at nasredpodcast at gmail.com and visit me at nasred.com for all of your Nasred needs. And please do like, share, and subscribe on iTunes and leave me a beautiful review. Goodbye, friends. I love you.